So, where we got to last time was that you had just entered this really strange construction, these twin hexagonal rooms. One which had this bizarre glittering silver hexagonal pyramid with these two floating hexagons made from some thick black metal. Just utterly weird. And then connected to it was what we shall refer to as the control room. And it had these banks of switches and dials and these projection screens, which of course are utterly bemusing technology to you. You've never seen anything like this. And as you were trying to fiddle around with the controls, which were in Nakal, in the serpent person language, I believe it was uh, Professor Thackeray who tried and failed to push that roll. In fact, you, you rolled three times by the look of it when I'm looking back at the thing, which I think is a little bit over the top. But anyway, so you press some buttons. It started doing something, nothing immediately apparent. But then pretty much as soon as you'd done this, Shapiro entered the outpost telling you that everything's going to hell. The viral analyzer had finished its work and they're done for. They're done for. This is a lethal and long-lasting strain of the Yellow Death, which, if it gets out of the quarantine zone, could wreak havoc on this part of the world. Not just Borneo, but could spread uncontrollably through Southeast Asia and then the rest of the world. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, chaps. There's no hope. They're done for. And he looks at you with this intense expression. And that's where we will pick up. Everything Shapiro said, what's your response? How do you want to respond to him? Well, now, Shapiro appeared in the room with the spinning panels, correct? Yes. He came in from the cliff face, where you had come. Right, and I believe Mr. Selby is there. Yes. But I think you all you all came out. You're all there in the, in the spinning panel room. Okay. Are you sure there's nothing that can be done, Mr. Shapiro? Quentin? Well, I'm afraid not. I mean, we have uh, just a limited amount of time, and to determine who is infected and who isn't in the time that we have. There's nothing really for it. I believe we made this argument to you before we left on this expedition. I'm glad that this doesn't disturb you because I'm afraid the only solution is to let the device do its work. How did you track us here? Sorry? And what about us? Well, if this place is what I think it is, we'll be safe here. Well, what do you think it is? This is a hardened shelter, I believe that's what they call it. The Haftarang device cannot harm us here. I think the best thing to do is just to wait for it to do its work, and then we make our way back. Are you not alarmed by these spinning panels and this pyramid? I've seen similar kind of things, mainly in diagrams, but yes. And what are they for? He looks at it, and he walks up to it. He says, you didn't damage it, did you? He looks at you. Of course not. That's good. Good. What does it do? I mean, if you know what it is, if you've seen it. It's a bit hard to explain, really. Uh, it's a far-seeing mechanism. You know, like movie tone. Cinema. Oh, yeah. Cinema. I don't often have the money to go, but I know what they are. Well, this is something similar to that. Let's put it that way. I, I have no idea how it works, but it enables you to see, but somehow in the instant, 
into faraway places, not a recording, a true vision of another place, of other places. That's what this room next door to us is for. How do you know that? I'm a scientist with Caduceus. We've been studying this stuff for decades. I mean, this is the first time I've seen one up close, but it looks very much like one of their designs. Yes, I, maybe not exactly like this, but I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Can you control it? Well, I speak a little bit of Nakal. I, I suppose I could have a look. Well, the doc already pushed a few buttons, so... Ah, is that what that whirring sound is? The whirring sound of the panels. Right. Well, I can't imagine you could have done much to it. It's not as if you know how it works. How did you track us here? We traveled through the dreamlands and climbed a sheer cliff face to reach this place. And we lost Abden in the process. Yes. Well, he did leave a bit of a mess on the way. It wasn't exactly difficult. But how did you get up the cliff face? Are you, you're a good climber? Well, it wasn't difficult. There's plenty of handholds. Yeah, how did you make it up? I came the same way you did. Okay. I mean, I'm used to climbing, so... But I guess if the doc here could make it, you can make it. I beg your pardon. Look, I know I look like a, a bit of a weakling, but trust me, I, I'm stronger than I look. So what do you suggest we do now? I suggest we just wait. We'll be safe in here. It'll kill everyone out there, but it's probably for the best, isn't it? I don't want to meta this, Andy, but do we know this is really him? You can do two things right now. Wait, wait, wait. Logan's going to walk up to him and grab him kind of by the scruff of, you know, kind of put one hand behind his neck and he's going to take his thumb and pull his eyelid down. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Well, I mean, okay, he's not just going to let you do this because that's quite an aggressive move. So let's say that to, to do that, you'll have to make, do a, like a fighting maneuver on him. So a fighting brawl? So it's a fighting brawl and you need to beat his level of success. If he, Assuming he's going to try and dodge you, which of course he would if someone comes up and tries to grab you. Hate to tell you this, but I got an extreme. Oh my god. First roll of the night. Well, I mean, that means he needs an extreme as well, which I very much doubt he will get. No. And so he tries to back away, and you grab him by the back of the neck, and you stick your finger in his, in his eye, and he goes, What are you doing? Good God, man! Get your finger out of my face! And you pull the skin down, and it's just a normal eye. It's just flesh. But you can make a spot hidden, Logan. Well, so you notice a couple of things whilst doing this manoeuvre. You notice that he's not sweating. The one thing about him, since you've met him, and since he's been in Borneo with you, he's just been constantly mopping his brow and sweating. When you grabbed the back of his neck, it was dry. It was bone dry, and his face as well. There was no sweat streaking his face. And he says, get your hands off me, man! doesn't feel scaly or anything like the back of his neck well no not scaly just dry it's dry yeah strangely dry mr selby take him into the control room now i'm manhandling him even more he says what look i don't know what what's got into you three but just tell me what you want we want answers whoever you are had to check we've seen some some strange things under the eyes. Okay, you can all make a psychology roll at this point. 
So Thackeray, you're watching him. There's something off about him. I mean, as if it wasn't obvious from what he was saying, you sense a very different tone in his voice, a different sort of aggressiveness, maybe callousness that wasn't he didn't evidence before. That's Shapiro, right? Yeah. Logan will say, why aren't you sweating? What do you mean? Was it a problem that I'm not sweating? Mr. Shapiro, we accidentally triggered this machine in the control room. Uh, if you are familiar with the Nakar language, could you uh, please come with us and show us how to shut it off? I'll try. I mean, just because I can read it doesn't mean I know what the words mean, but... Well, it sounds like we're going to be waiting here for some hours if we're waiting for the uh, device to go off anyway. Okay, okay. God damn it. And you kind of shove him forward into the control room or something. Yeah, I'll, man I'll manhandle him through the door and into the control room. He's like, look, just why are you being so brutal? Just let go of me. I'll do it. All I've done is try to help. I don't know why you've suddenly become so aggressive. Were we given information on, like, the effects or the side effects of this disease virus? Yes, you were. But it's been a few weeks. Basically, it's pretty bad. If you imagine Ebola, but worse... Is pretty horrendous. I mean, the, one of the worst aspects of it are those huge pustules that grow on people and then burst and spray this yellow dust everywhere, which is pretty bad. But people also sort of liquefy internally, and oh, it's all—it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. There's also psychological effects from it. People kind of go insane whilst having it. It's pretty bad all around. But dryness of skin is not one of the effects, as far as you know. That's what I was wondering. Thank you. Right. So you push him forward. And he kind of tries to, he shrugs you off. He says, okay, okay, I'll have a look at it. And he goes over to one of the control panels and he's looking down. He's going, hmm. Yes, it seems like you did do something. If we turn the projector on, perhaps we can get this device to show us where our quarry is. Maybe. I don't know how to direct the thing, but I give it a go. It seems pretty easy to turn on. And then he turns to, to Thackeray and says, so, so which ones did you touch? I just want to make sure. This one here, and then afterward I pressed this one, this one just underneath. I'm pretty sure. You just kind of mashed them, didn't you? Of course not. Mash. He says, well, look, what I, what I need to do is, is turn on the generator here. That's the big silver thing in the middle, I believe. And then he touches a couple of buttons and then moves a, a lever upwards. And then the generator starts to kind of whine into life. So yeah, so the central hexagonal thing is the generator. And then he says, and now I need to open these, they're called gates. And then he switches another one. And then he switches another one and he says, well, it, sh it shouldn't take long now. You know, Mr. Shapiro, it is very strange you showing up like this right when we turn the machine on. It is almost as if the machine summoned you somehow. I think your imagination is getting the better of you. Professor Thackeray. Would you say that we are in the dreamlands still? No, don't be ridiculous. We never went into the dreamlands. The dreamlands have been leaking into here. Didn't you realize? Why didn't you warn us about that when we got here? Well, I didn't know it until I started coming through. This foliage. Didn't you see the way it was spreading through the jungle? How did you find us? I've already told you. You left a trail of carnage. You killed several of these otherworldly creatures. Left their bodies to rot in the in the sun. The smell alone was was enough. 
Okay. But I mean, you were supposed to be working with the virus and the people. Well, as I told you, the viral analyzer did its job. And unfortunately, there's nothing I can do. How much time do we have left? What time is it now? He looks at his watch. I'd say 10 hours, probably. Is that not enough time for us to get back to the camp and get back on our plane? Well, you can do that if you want. I am staying here where I'm safe. Did you bring any supplies with you? I got my water bottle. So no food, medical supplies? Well, yes, I have a small medical kit, but food, it's 10 hours. I, don't, I can go without food for 10 hours. <sighs> that seems pretty light, Mr. Shapiro, for a trek into the jungles of Borneo. Yeah, I mean, didn't you at least bring a weapon or something? Lots of nasties in those jungles. I'm not a soldier. I've got my machete here, but I'm no good with a gun, so... Give me that machete, Mr. Shapiro. And at this point, you hear this clang come from behind you. He said, ah, look, it's working. And you see that the two hexagonal floating metallic rings have just come together, almost like they were magnetized, and they've kind of stuck together with this clanging noise. And in between, where once was just a gap, you see that they filled with this sort of black, inky, almost void in between them, as if you're seeing down into some kind of infinitely deep well. He says, look, look, remarkable. What just happened? He said, it's working, it's working. Good God. I never thought I'd see one of these really working. But there it is. I thought you said it shows uh, images, like a flicker show. Yes, yes, it, it, it will, it will. But just wait a minute. It needs to focus in, you see. I would like to attempt to wrestle the machete away from him. Yeah. Okay, right, so you lurch forward to grab his machete, and again, you're going to have to make a fighting brawl roll. Are you any good at this? Yes, I am. Wow, I can't believe it, you guys. Wow. Again, he'll need a 12. Oh, below. Oh, no, no. Uh, not a fumble, actually. He's, he's quite good at dodging. So actually what he does is he just kind of just lets go of it as you grab for it. He says, look, I don't know what's going on here. Why are you so hostile? What's going on here, Mr. Shapiro, is that you are clearly not Mr. Shapiro. Well, who on earth am I then? That is what we shall determine. Yeah, that's what we want to know. And he starts backing up a bit. I'll tackle him. Before you do that, are any of you looking at the gate? Uh, yeah, I'm sure Richard would have been. I'm not. So you can make a spot hidden roll. Okay. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> like... Okay, so you realize now that you're seeing a level of reality somewhere below the dreamlands. You somehow just intuit this, that you're seeing down into some d deep, deep, dark depth. And you see something vast, inconceivably vast, moving in the darkness. And as you lunge forward for Shapiro, he says, Oh God, I've had enough of this fucking pretense. That Shapiro is a fucking pathetic loser. He even tasted of defeat. I have never heard such language. I knew it. I was in the process of tackling him. He's going to get to go before you because he, whoever this is, has got a dex of 90. He's going to attack you before you can get to him because he's, he's just, suddenly he moves incredibly fast, faster than you've ever seen Shapiro certainly move. And he lunges for you. And as he opens his mouth, you see these two serpent fangs inside his mouth. 
as he attempts to clamp down on you. At the same time, Richard. Yes. This thing, whatever this was you were seeing, it suddenly turns its head, if you can call it that, towards you. And it surges upwards through the darkness as if being drawn to you. I'm going to go insane. Well. You probably won't suffer that affliction for very long. You might, because what you see coming up through this gate, rising upwards, is this monstrous, worm-like creature. And if you had any sense of scale from what you were seeing previously, you would estimate it to be maybe half a mile long. And it seemed to have been just burrowing around in, in the center of the planet and then surged upwards towards this gate. And yeah, you, Richard, are going to have to make a sanity roll for seeing this thing. Okay. We are not. Mr. Selby can wrestle it. It's a damn good thing you made that sanity roll, because if you fail, it's a d20. Oh, that's a real killer diller right there. That is a killer diller. But good news is it's only a d4, so you can't suffer a bout of madness, but you can certainly cry out in fear. And I will. So roll a d4. Okay, it's only two sanity rolls, which is not too bad, but... He's going to scream... What the hell is that thing? And he's going to jump back. And as he jumps back, he just kind of lands on his on his bottom and falls to the ground. Perfect, perfect. And at this precise moment, this Shapiro, not Shapiro, is going to try and take a chunk out of your neck as he lunges forward, bearing his twin curved serpent fangs. How big are the fangs? They're pretty big. I mean, not appropriately sized for a, a human serpent. And I will roll for him. Okay, that is a hit. Do you want to try and dodge? You are the dodge master. Nothing can get through to you. So he lunges forward and you just neatly sidestep, I guess. Are the fangs big enough to grab a hold of? Oh, no, no. Okay. They're just slightly longer than normal human teeth. Okay. But you see venom dripping from them as he as he lunges forward, and he hisses at you. He says, "You fool! You tell me what you're doing." Okay, so Logan, what do you want to do? Well, as he lunged at me and I dodged, I would like to maybe get my arm around his neck as he goes by me. Okay. Put him in like a sleeper hold. Okay, make a fighting brawl. That is a success, but of course he'll get a chance to dodge as well. No, so you've got him now. This was a maneuver, so. You've kind of grappled him. I'll tell you what, just roll your damage anyway to see whether you can kind of get him into this sleeper hold. So unarmed, I'm assuming? Yeah. So that's six damage. Well, you've got him, and you, you sense that if you can keep pressuring him for another round, you'll probably get him down. Because he's, he's kind of struggling, and you've got him around the neck, and you're squeezing, but it's going to take one more round for sure to get him down. Maybe, depending on... How much damage you roll? Uh, it might might take more. Snake wrestling. Snake wrestling, and he's he's wriggling, and you can actually sense that he's incredibly strong. Actually, Pro not not as strong as you, probably, because you've got ninety heavy or something. Mm, strength ninety, yes. Yeah, he's almost as strong as you, which is really bizarre because Shapiro, his physique is not clearly there's muscle underneath whatever this exterior is. There's muscle underneath it. Well, assuming he's struggling, I think what Logan would do is he would, with the sleeper hold, he'd wrap a leg around his, you know, try and get a leg around one of his Shapiro's legs and kind of jerk him back and fall back with him and wrap my legs around his torso. 
Right. Okay. So, Richard, you've. I think the shock of this has, has like just knocked you back. You're going to be able to act next round, but Professor, what do you want to do? Okay, so I was watching closely how Shapiro turned on the generator. I would like to run to the controls and shut off the generator. Okay, again, you're going to have to make an Akal roll to do it, though. Fantastic. So, and you fail. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're hitting various buttons, but nothing seems to be turning this thing off. And then... I guess, Richard, you're the only one that's looking at this thing. Everyone else is occupied. You see the inside of its hideous, like, f open maw just kind of convulse, spasm almost, and there's this sort of pulsating, throbbing motion inside it. And then suddenly it, it just expands outwards, and you see this massive glob of viscous fluid just come shooting out and in a mind-shattering moment of unreality, it comes through the gate and is about to hit you all. This vast glob of black, viscous, sticky fluid. About to hit all of us? It's enormous. It's probably going to fill the entire room as it bursts out of this gate. And what we need to do now... I thought the giant snake was bad. Yeah, this is disgusting. So... No one else is going to get the chance to dodge because they're not looking at it. But you will, Richard. Can I yell? I know I'm on my butt. Can I yell? Guys, there's something coming out of this hole. Yeah, you can definitely yell. Yeah, this glob of goo is, is 25 feet wide <laughs> as it comes just spraying out in this expanding... Oh, it's just horrendous. I'm trying my best, Mr. Chesterton. You will get a chance to dodge. But no one else will get a chance to dodge because they can't see it coming. I'm protected by snake body. Yeah. <laughs> You're both going in, probably. So against you, it will just have a regular chance of success, Richard, and you will get a chance to dodge. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, no. Fuck. You, you can't. I mean, if you get super lucky. No. This thing just hits you full on. And this horrendous smell, it immediately starts to burn on your skin as it engulfs you. It's acidic. It seems to be some kind of disgusting digestive fluid from inside this worm's stomach. Now, everyone else, this is just a straight roll to see whether it hits you. So, Thackeray. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> straight, just whack. Oh, my God. Two fours in a row. <laughs> Wow. Okay, roll 20. All right, and then Logan. Oh, my God. What is going on? Oh, man, roll 20. Okay, you are all engulfed in this stuff. And Shapiro. Including Shapiro, of course. You're stunned, and you can't breathe. And, oh, boy, this is bad. So you are completely surrounded by this disgusting, viscous digestive fluid. Now, everyone has to make a constitution roll, straight up. I'll spend eight luck. Yeah, for sure. 97 I rolled. Yeah, I don't know what is going on with roll 20 today. Do either of you want to spend... And that's a lot of luck for both of you. I would have to spend 27 luck, is that, or 28 luck. Is that correct? 27 for you, 28 for me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know what? I'll spend it. I'll spend the 27. I got the refresh. Okay. What about you, Hogan? Well, if the professor's going to do it, I guess I might as well do it as well. 
Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Let's see what the non-Shapiro does. What's his con? He's got a high con, actually. So he passes, actually. So actually, what this means for all of you is that you manage to... You're holding your breath, basically. And it means that you're not going to be suffocating yet, as you're literally surrounded by this stuff that you cannot breathe through. However, each of you will take one damage from the tingling, acidic, slow dissolving of your skin. However, interestingly enough, this is really interesting. So, AP Mm -hmm. and Richard, you're the two that have got a little little bit of scaly business going on. Yeah, that's right. Correct? Mm -hmm. You do not take this damage. Oh. Your skin tingles, but it doesn't harm you. However, Logan, you take one hit point of damage. Yeah, I got it. See, now don't you wish you, you'd got that thing going as well? No. No. <laughs> okay. But you are caught inside this thing. Now, you've now obviously, I think you've let go of the non-Shapiro at this point because the only thing you can do now is to try and break free of this goo. So let's go in Dex order. Yes. So Richard. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, like in the movies when they're trying to escape out of some sort of sack of something. That's kind of what he's trying to do, tear through this stuff like it's almost amniotic is what I'm picturing. Yeah. Oh, God. What's that? There's a movie where someone's trying to get through this, like, gel-like sack. Some science fiction movie. Maybe it's... The Matrix. It's The Matrix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was picturing. Well, not Richard, but yeah. So uh, what do I need to roll? So here's the deal, I'm afraid. You need to make a hard strength roll to get through. Okay, here goes. Here goes nothing. Oh, come on. No. And actually, it's not combat. I would allow you to push the roll, but that could be really bad if you fail. You do need a 40 or below, so it's up to you. You No, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it? Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Oh! My God, so tell me how your frantic struggling manages to break you free of, of this vile stuff. Somehow, can I manage to pull my machete? Or no? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's how he does it. He manages to move his hand enough to grab his machete, his special machete given to him by the tribes during his ranging, and he just starts slicing through this stuff, and it's a tough slog. It's almost like, not solid, but it's just, it's like, elastic or something just really hard to get a good slice but he manages to take a deep breath as he slices his head out of this goo oh my god and you're free you are birthed yes yeah that's what it feels like and you see shapiro well actually you don't see anything you're just pulling yourself out of this goo so shapiro's going next oh and he does not make it he is stuck inside and he's frantically struggling frantically you see this kind of bulge somewhere over near where Logan and Shapiro were this bulge and then it kind of goes back down again and then suddenly you see these two fangs appear through the goo (laughs) and they rip open a big slice in it and he plops out gasping onto the floor and he looks at you with undisguised hatred and he says you have wrecked my plans I can't be sorry about that sir sorry (laughs) can't be sorry about that okay so Logan you next. You don't even break a sweat. <laughs> You're through. He came out through the same hole that Shapiro just went through. Exactly. Your head just like emerges 
I imagine it comes up very much like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now, just breaking the surface of the water. That's my military training there. Oh no, Thackeray does not manage it. You would need a, a 30. Mm. Do you want to push it? Or do you want to spend a shitload of luck? I don't have a shitload of luck to spend, so... I will... I'll struggle until next turn. Okay, right. So, you are all out. Apart from Thackeray... So, Logan, Richard, and Shapiro are out. And I suppose you're all just looking at each other right now, having been, you know, struggled with all your strength to get out of this stuff. So... You know what? Just roll your decks, Richard, just to see whether you go first or whether... Oh my god, okay. The rolls tonight are crazy. They're so swingy. Very, very swingy. So you can go first. This Shapiro, Snake Shapiro, is looking at you, and he's he looks like he's getting ready to pounce at you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I got the machete, so I guess I'll uh, I'll pounce at him first. You can see him also reaching for a knife at his waist. Oh yeah, no, if I can get to him before he pulls that, can I try? Yeah, you can do that. Wow, okay, what is going on tonight? <laughs> right, so he can try and dodge, but again, I mean, he would need something ridiculous. No, he succeeded, but... Oh, actually, you know what? He's going to spend some more luck to dodge out the way of you. He's burning up his luck big time. So, yeah, you lunge forward, and you th- you feel like you're sure you've plunge the machete into him it's almost like it's kind of goes through his shirt and somehow he just managed to twist his body and instead of going through his chest it just kind of went past him and just hit the back of the shirt and came out as he kind of almost curved into a bend into a sort of u-bend shape (laughs) slippery little devil aren't you he says yes i am and yeah he's gonna try and stab you as well with the knife that he's just pulled out from inside maybe he pulled it from inside his boot because he didn't want to give the game away that's a hit you can dodge obviously as well oh my, oh my god <laughs> talk about swingy andy my goodness i know what is going on that is a fumble so you can't push that i mean you can't spend luck on that i don't have, I think i have that much anywhere wouldn't want to do that no so his knife strikes home and as he gets it gets in close to you and shoves the knife into your stomach and he hisses you will suffer now and wow okay this is going to be quite a lot of damage oh no i mean i already died once okay well not too bad Hmm. it's five damage now again your skin seems to be protecting you a bit so you actually take four hit points of damage okay i was just seeing if well probably not yet because I have that tough guy talent, but I don't think I need to use it yet. So, Yeah, you want to preserve your luck, yeah? Okay. Four points, got it. And I'll say, oh, how can I get you next time? Oh. <laughs> right, now, Logan, obviously you've got a couple of choices now. Professor didn't manage to get out of the goo, and you can see him frantically struggling, but he seems to be just glued into this stuff. So do you want to try and help him, or do you want to... Um... I'm directly behind Shapiro. Yes. I will pull my boot knife and stab him in the back. Okay, go for it. You actually get an advantage because there's two of you on him. You're the second attacker, so you can roll D10 again, just in case you get the extreme. No, it's just a regular. Okay, and you plunge the knife deep into his back, and he lets out a scream, and you can see he's terribly wounded now. There's a massive flow of blood coming out from the wound that you made in his back. And he half spins round. 
and you can see a look of agony and, and even fear on his face at this point. Now, Professor, because of your strugglings, fortunately for you, you don't take any damage from the acid because of your skin. But because you were struggling to get out that first round, you're now going to have to make a hard constitution roll to try and keep your breath. Oh, and you manage it. Nice. That was very useful because you take a lot more damage from the suffocation than you do from the acid. You do now get a chance again to break through. Again, a hard strength roll. Oh, oh my God. All right. Right, and this time you manage to burst your way through. And as you do, you see Shapiro almost sinking to his knees under the weight of the the blow that uh, Logan just inflicted on him. And both you and Logan can make luck rolls at this point. Oh dear. What that means is that you have seen (laughs) what's appeared on that screen. The good news is that it seems to be turning away after depositing its its mucus upon you all but you suddenly realize what creature it was that vomited up that stuff at you and you both have to make sanity rolls as well that's good Oof. wow i think a couple of clutch rolls there because it's only a d4 again for both of you okay so factory two logan three okay you're both fine Oh, you could spend some luck to halve that if you want. It's up to you. I don't know whether you want to. I think for Logan, given that you're perilously low in sanity, it might be worth it if you want to do it. Oh, no, I'm just going to let it be. It's fine. Okay, fair enough. And the the good news is <laughs> this thing is, is turning away and seems to have lost interest in you. And you see its vast bulk just slide past the gate you realize now that it's no screen. This thing is actually an opening into another dimension, which is pretty mind-blowing. Yes. Yeah, you just saw one of these things, probably still at a great distance from the portal when it spat at you. They can spit up to three miles. I'm surprised I didn't go insane just automatically. Yeah, well, you all rolled really well, so that was good. However, you see Shapiro sink to his knees, and he gurgles, and he says, You have bested me. And he coughs up some blood. And he says, but you will not take me. And he then utters a word in Nakal, which, because he's casting a spell, that means he can go before you, Richard. Okay. And what happens is you see his skin start to bulge. And it's almost as if rivulets of black fluid are just coursing around his body, causing it to kind of ripple and bulge and it starts to tear. You see his skin start to rend and tear. And he then thrusts his head back, opens his mouth, and you see out of every orifice and out of every rent and tear that emerges over his skin, something is coming out of him. Something very familiar. Oh, no. Something very black and very amorphous and very, very nasty. He has just split open, dying in the process. But what has come out of him is that horrible creature that you last saw in Bolivia. I want to flamethrower it. Yeah. You see a formless thing just burst out of him, causing him to shriek in his last death agony. And now, who had the flamethrower? That would be me. I had the flamethrower. You've got the flamethrower. Oh, my God. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Okay, so this thing is there. 
Can I go? Can I just do it? Yeah, go for it. That is a natural success. This thing is only just starting to emerge. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Maybe because it's only just partially coming out. But you have set it on fire. That's the good thing. So describe what happens, actually. Describe this, this little scene. Okay, so I see this thing start to split open. And Richard had quite the encounter with one of these things in Bolivia after La Fuente left him for dead with it. And he just immediately grabs the flamethrower off his, uh, I mean, it's probably on his back. And he just says, oh no, not this time. And the flames just spurt out and start licking up this thing's amorphous shape as it lets out kind of a, he wouldn't think he could scream, but sounds like a little bit of screaming in, in his head. Yeah, maybe it's like the steam escaping from a kettle. Exactly. Logan, seeing Richard drawing forth the flamethrower, dives out of the way. You're all going to have to make sanity rolls for seeing this thing bursting out of what was left of Shapiro, Snake Shapiro. Amazing rolls, everyone. You all lose one sanity. But you're all going to be able to go before this thing because it's kind of coming out, but you know it's incredibly fast once it's out. So what are the other two of you going to do? I'm going to attempt to close the gate again. I'm going to take out my Thompson submachine gun and I'm going to fire upon the control panel. Excellent. You just want to empty a whole drum into it? Uh, sure, yeah. Just make one attack roll, Thackeray, with your submachine gun. So roll 50d6, and we add another 50 to that. So that is 243 damage. Describe what happens as this control panel blows up. Tell me, describe the scene. As I uh, get my submachine gun up and I point at the panel, I, I begin spraying the bullets across it. The panels begin to pop and spark and uh, and smoke fumes out of it and engulfs me. I cover my mouth with uh, my cravat as I back away from it and uh, firing into the control panel the entire time. Mm, fantastic. And the thing starts to smoke and starts to judder and you can see sparks coming off it and small flames from the fires that are igniting from the immense amount of damage you've done. So, Logan, you were just diving out of the way. Were you trying to do anything else as well? I was just trying to leave the room at, the, at this point, you know. Oh, you're trying to run. Okay, yeah, yeah. You start sprinting away <laughs> from this thing. Well, the thing and the flames as far as that goes. And the flames, of course. All right, so you start sprinting out down the corridor. The only way to go is out back out to the cliff face. So do you want to start climbing down? Is that the idea? Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay. So we'll get to you the next round. So, the formless thing. It lashes out at Richard. I was going to say, at Richard, I'm sure. Yeah. Trying to get this horrible thing that's causing it so much pain away from it. That is a regular hit. So do you want to try and dodge? I'm sure you do want to try and dodge. Yeah, I will. Oh. oh no okay well unfortunately that first one has hit you as a vast muscular ropey tentacle smashes out towards you oh dear this is not good oh no oh but i rolled pretty badly actually so it only does 11 damage but you only take 10 from your your skin is is a thing of wonder to you now as what you thought would have been a, a truly crushing blow didn't hurt as much as it would have so you can take 10 damage, but it is going to attack you again. Okay. But this time it, it misses. Mr. Selby, you coward! Get back here! It's ignited now, so it's going to take another d6 damage. Ooh, 
Okay, so it's taken a total of five damage so far. Do you want to try your luck again with the flamethrower, or what, what do you want to do? Can I start backing away and shoot the flamethrower at it, like backing towards the corridor? Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. can definitely do that. That's what I want to do. And I'll try again, why not? Okay. Oh, oh my god! I can't believe it! Same exact roll. I know, I don't know what roll 20 is doing like, but he's doing some weird shit. But it's good, it's good, it's making for drama. Alright, now, of course, what you're doing is you're creating this huge burning monstrosity that's blocking poor Thackeray from, from his exit. <laughs> but it's fine, you know, as long as you kill it. So roll a d10. Not bad. Okay, that's better. So you've done a total of 10 damage. You can see huge, almost like tarry blobs of it falling off and then sizzle on the floor as they burn. And you can hear this whistling sound coming out of it as if the air inside is getting superheated and it's just escaping through these tiny holes that are appearing all over it. And it seems to be writhing in agony as it lurches forwards towards you. It's actually much faster than you. It seems to flow across the ground towards you. There's no way you can outrun this thing, but you're doing a good job of, <laughs> of burning the shit out of it. And I will yell too. I will yell, Doc, it's time to go! Now, Thackeray, you've done your business. You're now in a smoking, flaming control room. The, f the fires everywhere is burning around you. It's a pure pulp scene. Did the gate close? Yes, you see that the gate is now shaking and shimmering and almost like flickering and it's starting to kind of sink down. The two hexagons are starting to kind of shake and vibrate and start to sink down towards the pyramid as the whole thing seems to be malfunctioning and about to blow possibly as well. Okay, then I'm going to sling the, the Thompson gun back over my shoulder as that does not work on these particular mollusks. And so I take that machete that I took from Shapiro, and uh, if I see it lashing out at Richard, I'm going to attempt to sever the tentacle as I run towards Mr. Chesterton and attempt to get behind him. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. Right, so you're trying to carefully, like, sidle around this thing, trying to get around it, but its bulk is big, this thing. It's. I want to run, run up to it and just attempt to, you know, sever a tentacle if I see it. Okay, yeah, absolutely. All right, so it's a huge form. It's, it's probably about 12 feet across. It's taking up a lot, much of the, the exit. In fact, it's taking up the whole of the exit as uh, Richard backs up. Now, Logan, you've got to the cliff face and you start to climb down. And you can hear the explosions coming from inside. You can hear the, the whistling sound coming from this thing. You can smell this horrible, acrid stench of, of this burning thing. And you don't need to make a climb roll to climb down. But as you start climbing down, you see six night gaunts just kind of perk up. They've obviously been attracted by the noise and the smells. And they all kind of launch themselves into the air. And as you're climbing down, they come arrowing down towards you. They're going to be on you in any second. Well, well before you can make it down to the ground. What do you want to do? How far down is it? About 100 feet. You're not going to jump, are you? No. <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. I will rush down as quickly and safely as I can. So you start climbing down as these screaming forms, they fold their wings back and they're just sort of diving down, dive bombing towards you. Um, you're going to need some luck for sure. If once one gets close enough to me, I might stop and draw my sword and just hold it out in front of me if it's dive bombing me to see if I can impale it on it. Good idea, good idea. Okay, back inside. 
So it's reaching out two tentacles towards you to try and grab you. Okay. So the first one comes in. The first one is a regular hit. Do you want to dodge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. Okay, so you dodge out of the way. No problem. The second one comes in. Oh, this one also is a hit. Now you're going to have a penalty dice to dodge this. I'm going to try it. I have to. No. Oh, no. Okay, this thing whips another appendage that has been shot out of the side, and it's grabbed you, and it starts crushing your rib cage. This could get sticky. Oh my god, this time I roll super high. That'll kill me. Can I use ten luck points to shrug off five of that? You can. Is that going to be enough to keep you above zero? I mean, I'll have two hit points left, yeah. Okay, well, it's it's above zero, so yes, absolutely you can. Absolutely. Because okay. that'll be ten points. So two, and I'll take ten luck off, so... But the good news is that as this thing grabs you and whips you up, Thackeray, what do you do? I mean, you've succeeded. Yes, I have my machete and I, as quick as I can, I sever the tentacle. Excellent. And now the thing has taken 10 damage so far and it's still on fire. It's a flame. Ooh, it takes another five damage. You can see huge parts of it are, are just melting away in front of you. You're both gonna have to make a luck roll though to avoid taking any fire damage. Wow. Ooh, that is so... Because that could have finished you off, Richard. But yep. Somehow you, you managed to avoid these massive tarry globs of burning flesh that are just spurting everywhere, you know, up in the air towards you, skidding across the floor, as this thing seems to be expiring right in front of you. But you're now dropped to the ground, and you're, you're not going to be able to act this round because you're just... You've been dropped. Okay. You know what? I'll, I'll say you can go at the end of the round. And as you're kind of inching away up up the corridor to try and get out, there comes a screeching, screaming, shrieking noise of metal against metal from the gate room as the two hexagons finally fall apart and there's an explosion. There's a massive explosion that comes from the triangular, the generator, the, the hexagonal pyramid. Now, Thackeray... This could be bad for you, because you're right in the line of fire of this exploding <laughs> pyramid. So this is just to determine how badly you get hit. You're definitely going to take some damage now. But I think you were probably expecting it as well, I would say, almost certainly. So I'll allow you to make a dodge roll as this thing explodes behind you. Okay, good. You made your dodge roll. So instead of taking the full damage, you will only take half so that's only 3d6. Well, it's not too bad. You take 9 damage, reduced by 1 <laughs> to 8, as bits of burning <laughs> burning console, bits of like flaming red-hot silvery pyramid pieces just lodge themselves in your back. And the explosion also catches the formless thing. And because these pieces are on fire, let's see how much damage it takes. So it's only going to take fire damage rather than impact damage, so I'll just roll a d6. But it's enough. Somehow this big piece of flaming generator just sails over your head, Thackeray, embeds itself in the center of this thing, and then it just ignites. The whole thing just ignites in this foul, acrid ball of black smoke and flame, and it just flops to the ground in front of you. And the whole, the control room and the gate room are starting to shake as if there was an earthquake. Meanwhile, outside on the cliff face, these six nightgorns are just arrowing towards you, Logan, you've got about halfway down. There's no way you can get 
any closer to the ground, you're going to have to just hope and pray. I've gotten about 50 feet down the cliff face, and yeah. I look up and I see a, the night gaunts, you know, zoning in on me, and I will draw my sword and hold it out in front of me, and I'll just start screaming, you know, kind of yelling, and hopefully one impales itself on it. And you're waiting for the impact. You're waiting for their for their claws to, and tails to tear into you and their stingers to land. And then nothing. It's just the sound of the jungle around you. There's no impact. You don't hear the beat of their wings, or the downrush of air. And when you open your eyes again, they've just gone. They've literally just gone. And you catch a tiny glimpse of maybe the last one coming down towards you. And it just sort of goes transparent. It just fades away. And at the same time, you realize that that riotous, fecund color of the Dreamlands forest is also starting to fade. Seemingly just as, as that explosion happened up in the gate room. Logan's like, what the? As he sheathes his sword and continues to climb down the mountain. Seems like the gods were smiling on you, Logan. And you see your, your friends emerging from the smoking opening in the cliff face. They're maybe a bit sooty and a bit slimy, but they seem just about okay. Maybe Thackeray seems more okay than poor Richard. But you all managed to get down the cliff face in one piece. Wow. Don't worry, guys. I fought off the night gaunts before you guys came out of the cave. Oh, thank God. Thank God you fought them away. Otherwise, we would have been their food for sure. Yeah, the good job, Mr. Selby. You saved us. You saved the day, Mr. Selby. And yeah, you all realize now that the forest is returning back to its natural state. Those insane myriad colors are all just fading away before your very eyes. The, the fruits just dissolve on the branches, the strange fruits and plants. And all you see is the, is the beautiful but quite comforting sight of the Borneo jungle stretching out down the mountainside. None of you let your guard down. The dreamlands may have disappeared, but this is still Borneo, and it is still dangerous. Are there still those two big holes in the ground? They're disappearing as well. Okay. They're disappearing as well. And you realize by looking at them, they're probably about the width of one of those worms. Ooh. I think we should probably head back and see if we can find the real Shapiro. Remember, we are still on a mission. That may have been the machine that was summoning the dreamlands and those strange fruits. But were they truly connected to the disease? I don't know. What other way is there to go? I do not know, and without our guide, I feel you're right. We should return to the camp. Okay. So you head back down the mountainside, back towards the camp, back to where Shapiro last was. The medical tent. You see and can even hear now the Haftarang device ticking away underneath its blanket, underneath its tarpaulin. The viral analyzer is on the tabletop. There's no sign of the real Shapiro, but there is a quite a bit of blood smeared over a chest in the corner of the tent. Didn't that the not Shapiro say he uh, tasted like failure or something? So. It's possible Quentin might be dead. I kick open the chest. <laughs> and what you see is a pile of bones and a human skull, fresh, freshly picked clean of their skin and muscle and sinew, and a whole lot of blood. He was wearing a skin suit then. Judging by what you're seeing, 
It doesn't seem to be possible. This thing has been eaten. Shapiro, if this is Shapiro, he has been consumed. And just the bones left with a few bits of ragged flesh. Are the British soldiers still here? The soldiers aren't in the medical aid camp, but they were down by the airstrip. So they're down at the army camp by the airstrip where your plane is. You're now in the medical tents. And you're pretty sure that the half-drying device wasn't making such a loud ticking noise last time you were here. How much time do we have left on that device? Well, supposedly 10 hours. Yeah, but that guy could have been lying. He was lying about being Shapiro. Well, there's only one way to find out. Hey, Professor, do you understand this analyzer and its results? I do not. I'm not that sort of doctor. I'm a professor of psychology. I just thought maybe you could take a look and see if you can make any sense of it. All right, I will try to make some sense of it. Okay, so... Mechanical... I don't know. You've got some medical skills, haven't you? No. (laughs) Oh, you don't? Okay. No, I do not. Ah, well... I mean, everyone can make a Cthulhu Mythos roll to begin with. Mm-hmm. No, sadly. Uh, so uh, none of you have an intuitive knowledge of how this thing works. So the control panel is a row of ten small glass-lined indentations resembling Petri dishes, each a couple of inches across. You can see that some of them have got bodily fluids in them, and there's a large button at the end of the row of dishes, which seems to be the one that turns the thing on. You can also see that there are various lights that come on. At the moment, there's a at the moment there's a green light and a series of numbered wheels, and you see next to it is a are several thousand-page volumes that, on a quick flick through, contain hundreds and hundreds of references to whatever those numbers are. The manual is densely printed type. I mean, could we direct perhaps uh, the soldiers to load this back on our plane and we could deliver these results back to Caduceus back in New York? I mean, that would be my suggestion. Okay, is that what you want to do? If we can't make heads or tails, I think that's the best way. It makes as much sense as anything. Yeah. Now, there's also the bomb, correct? (laughs) The manual, basically, it's like a lookup table. So what you do is you look at the numbers on the thing And it seems like the manual, if you go to the right page, will tell you, will give you some information. Okay, so uh, library use, perhaps? No, no, you can just look it up. It's just just a numeric page reference. It'll take a few minutes to find the right page. Oh, just a few minutes. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I flip through it. Okay, so you you riffle through the pages, and you finally get to the six-digit number that is indicated on the front of the machine. And it says that, indeed, this is the Yellow Death. But contrary to what Snake Shapiro told you, this is just the fast-burning-out strain. This is not the world-ending strain. It, It says lethality, very high. Infection rate, very high. Incubation period, 24 hours. And then it says, it has this paragraph explaining that this strain of the Yellow Death burns out within 30 days if quarantined. It cannot possibly infect in any meaningful way beyond the quarantine zone. So he was lying, of course. But when you lift up the tarpaulin to look at the Haftarang device, you realize you've got 57 minutes before the thing blows up. And I think that's where we will leave tonight's session. Oh no. Oh no.